Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmates' flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash LL Bean. LL Bean. Be an outsider. Hey now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? I like that song. It makes me want to get ready to fly every time I hear it. <laughs> yeah, that uh, AJ Styles uh, theme song in TNA is one of my favorites, the Get Ready to Fly. I'm, I'm, amazed, I'm amazed we never hear anything about that ever. I don't wonder if most people even realize that's what that is. I think if you're a hardcore fan, you know, but... If you weren't really, if you didn't like grow up with TNA or you weren't like a big fan back then, but I, you know, even though I, I would go in and out of TNA, I was just a huge AJ Styles fan. Oh, I, had a, I, I When I was in Japan, I actually bought on Amazon, like in the early days of Amazon, I bought a best of AJ Styles compilation DVD and it was really? like a three disc set. And it was at some of his stuff from TNA, but it had a lot of his indie stuff. And he was going around the Indies using that song too. They they let him use the song, and so it was really cool. Was I think I saw pirate, it somewhere. Was this a pirated no, video? No, I bought it off Amazon. I think it was like a legit video, and I think it was TNA. Like I think TNA produced it because it had oh, TNA okay. matches on it. Um, but it was like the best of AJ Styles, and they pulled his indie footage. Was this like um, Wild Side or something like that stuff? Or uh, you know what? Um, I'll try to get into the garage this weekend. I saw yeah. the box of old DVDs, and so. I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah, I don't, dude. I have a box of DVDs. Don't have a DVD player. We live in this world now. We're having a DVD yeah. player. I have, I have a Blu-ray player from 2008 that still works. One of the nice. first, like my first Blu-ray player, well, first and only actually Blu-ray player I ever bought. But I mean, I can't remember the last time I put a DVD in there was when I wrote that Summer of Punk thing for WrestleJoy. God, that was almost two years ago now. Yeah. So, yeah. geez. 
Yeah, DVD, dead technology. Yeah, and dead dead technology. Uh, speaking of dead, let's go to breaking <laughs> news. Breaking news. Is this breaking news when we've been sitting on it for like three weeks? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about, JD. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what, man? This one, this one bums me out. Uh, I'm. I actually like. I feel really bad about why. Well, look, because you know what, the talent there work really hard, and they were excited to be on reels. And say what you want about Corp Bauer, he worked really hard to get that deal, and it and it's just another deal that fell through. And this one was completely out of his control. So what we're talking about, if you're not watching on YouTube, because um, you can see the little banner there. Um, MLW on reels is effectively done. They have not made the announcement that says that they are done, but they already told variety that uh, MLW was on a 10 week deal and the contract is up, uh, in April. So he, let's, let's just backtrack a little bit earlier in the week. Um, it was announced, um, I think by the Hollywood reporter that reels, the cable channel reels, the linear station is being added to the the Peacock platform, their live TV section, right? Um, and so this isn't like one of those, like on Pluto, how you get like CSI 24-7 and Impact 24-7 and all that. This is actually the same cable channel that you'll get on your your cable system wherever you're at. That's the channel that's on Peacock, okay? So, and I think some people were confused by that. So you'll be watching, like if you're a fan of On Patrol Live, you'll be watching On Patrol Live on Peacock at the same time anybody else would if they had cable. It's it's like a cord cutter's dream if you're an On Patrol Live fan, okay? Um, so they they get picked up by by Peacock. They they made the deal there. Now Peacock essentially becomes MLW's largest single distribution hub, right? They are the single largest distributor of reels, right? Not not because each cable like Comcast is ran by different regions, right? And Reels isn't on every single region of Comcast. Same thing with Spectrum, same thing with all these other ones. So um, I'll Peacock, you know what? Maybe DirecTV might actually have them beat. DirecTV might be the might be the biggest. But Peacock is is definitely like, this is an important deal to them. And because Peacock has an exclusive deal with WWE to be the only wrestling content on their platform, MLW is going to be blacked out in the 10 p.m. and 11 p.m. hour every Tuesday night when MLW airs. So Reels is going over there, and they can't bring everything with them because of this deal with WWE. Um, effectively, WWE cock-blocked MLW on uh, the Peacock deal. Kind of. They, they didn't block it. They, they had the deal. So Reels came to their platform and then just couldn't bring MLW with them. So th- like this is literally and, – and we say a lot about court on this show – not his fault. This sucks for him. I feel bad for the guy. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're right. It does suck for court. He is one cannot dispute his hustle, right? One cannot dispute his passion for his product. And the fact that the guy is always willing to make a deal and always willing to put on a press release telling you he's willing to make a deal. <laughs> yes. Um, it does kind of suck. Cause it doesn't, they're going to spin this like, oh, we knew this was going on the whole time. They did not know this was going on. You, no. yeah, we, we might have heard some rumblings about this. Might have laughed a little bit personally. But um, I do feel bad for the talent that have worked on there. Their ratings aren't 
bad. Again, the cable ad we've talked about on the show, the average for reels is skewed because on patrol live is such a hit, right? Yeah. You look at the cable averages and we were just talking about this on the, the fight game media discord. Perhaps you've heard about this fight game media discord. Perhaps you've heard a thing or two from various sources. Anyway, we were talking about it today (laughs) about just kind of where cable TV stands right now. I know everything is down like from 2021 to now it was 94 million households. Now cable TV is down to 70 million households. So in two years, they've lost 24 million households. So to have a hit in this environment is enormous. And I'm pretty sure on patrol live is what made them appealing to Peacock to begin with. Right. I I would, I would say that was the biggest reason because without on patrol live reels, what is real? It's what is reels, right? Um, They, that doesn't mean they don't have, shows that are good on there they do they're just not hit shows like mm-hmm. on patrol live on patrol live is a monster um, on patrol live averages almost a, a million viewers um in their pri- in their in their first run slot on friday and saturday night despite having about half of the coverage of usa tbs and tnt like that, that's incredible it, it, it really is impressive yeah um but yeah I, and i would i would assume that that's why peacock added it um, I, I think this move from Reels to to Peacock really does kind of start to change the dynamic of oh, the game. Big right? time, big time. I'm gonna have further thoughts about this when we uh, when we hit Patreon, right? Because this actually kind of relates more to something we're gonna cover on the, on the Mike and JD show on Patreon yeah. this week. Um, but let's focus for right now and the future because I think this is this is a this is a like you said it's a game changing moment i think for what the future of cable slash streaming is we'll touch yeah. on that later what does this mean for mlw now officially they said well the deal well we no decision has been made was what they said mm-hmm. which is their way of trying to save face both the mlw yeah. cuz they know they kind of left mlw out in a lurch but they don't care they probably made they probably it hasn't been released i don't think the numbers but i'm sure they made a decent amount of money for reels right yeah yeah, but I'm sure I'm sure Peacock isn't breaking the bank to bring them in. I bet it was probably I bet it was a no. Uh, it was like a no questions asked deal for both companies. It's probably cheap enough for Peacock, but expensive enough to make it worthwhile to Reels, right? So it was yeah. a no brainer, I assume. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a no brainer, and I'm sure there wasn't like it wasn't like anybody trying to screw over MLW or anything like that. It's like I get the feeling that they had that they had both deals on the table there and they went with, they had the MLW deal, probably not knowing that if they moved to Peacock, that they wouldn't be able to take MLW with them because a lot of people in, in that, like the smaller cable network industry, they're not really following wrestling all that close. They don't know the politics of wrestling. They probably didn't even know that there was a lawsuit um, Mike, going on. Mike, here's the real deal is MLW doesn't matter. They don't, yeah. they don't, Reels doesn't yeah. own the promotion. They're just no. leasing some content for short term. It's a 10 week deal. What that's yeah. two and a half months. Realistically speaking, realistically speaking, realistically <laughs> speaking. Um, this Dave Dave suspected that it could be this is a right hand not knowing what the left hand is doing kind of thing. I don't know if Reels is a big enough network for that to be accurate, but I think Reels did what it had to do to make, you know, to make itself viable for both things. Like I'm mm. sure. I'm sure having MLW, they because they pushed it hard. It wasn't like Reels was embarrassed by yeah. the net, by the show, and the show no. has done, comparatively speaking, decent numbers. Does better mm-hmm. numbers than the show we're covering tonight. Yes, right. It's yes. been it's been not a hit, right, mm-hmm. but it's been respectable, 
right? Mm-hmm. It's in the grand scheme of cable television, right? Because no one, no one. I love when wrestling people like I'm not talking about like actual wrestling people, but when like fans talk about ratings and they have absolutely no clue what is what cable television ratings are and have a hard time understanding that it's not the year 2000, right? So couple hundred thousand viewers is pretty good for an average cable tv show and mlw is doing i think what that 97 this week was the was the number it, yeah it, it was 97 with a 0.03 which is much better than what impact has been doing the last few months mm-hmm. and again we've seen a ton in the last two years you've seen a ton of contraction in cable television in general which again people yeah. like dorks who like to post on i don't know discord forums like to say <laughs> things that are you know ridiculously um, uneducated on the state of things. Well, this is just dropping. Well, everything is. Everything that's not raw. And that's what part of that's what skews the wrestling yes. fan perception is that Peacock has done such an amazing job of broadening WWE's appeal because it's pretty much free to everybody who has Peacock. So mm-hmm. their numbers are through the for the for the shows, like for the actual well, pay-per-views. And, and to their to their credit, the product is pretty hot because they got a it couple is. hot storylines. Yeah, it and is. So. Perfect story. Yeah, so every 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 wrestling show. Oh well, other than SmackDown and Raw is basically down year over year. Mm-hmm. Raw specifically because the loss in cable homes hasn't really affected them. In fact, they 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 might have lost you know whatever four million homes over the last year, but because they're so hot, they actually it didn't didn't affect them. They're actually uh, way outperforming the decline in uh, in view in households, right? Um, but it's it's look. You can't just snap your fingers and be hot all of a sudden, no. right? So they it just doesn't work that way. And so other shows just aren't hot, right? And so can can you know is it possible to not slide year over year? Yes, it's possible if you're hot, but if you're not, if you're just putting on regular shows, if you're doing your normal shit, you're going to decline year over year. That's just the way it goes. And here's what makes wrestling different than most television shows is every TV show has a lifespan, right? It start you start hot or you start cold and get hot. Most shows start hot and it's a, it's a consistent trend down and then spike up and then come down and spike up and come down, right? That's just how TV goes. And when they're tired of it, it's over. Mm-hmm. We don't see that a lot in wrestling, right? So you have – with wrestling specifically, you'll have a lot more peaks and valleys than most television shows because most shows aren't given that kind of – least on life wrestling is such a weird thing where it's not quite sports and it's not quite dramatic tv it, it lives in this weird gray area so to compare mm-hmm. it to anything else is just it's just hard right yeah and it's it's yep. it's tricky like wrestling is a weird clearly you're listening to this show you you agree with this wrestling <laughs> is a weird thing and it's hard to compare to anything else and what sucks for mlw is it feels like every time every time they get a lead up something happens Sometimes mm-hmm. it's their fault. Sometimes it's out of their control. Like they got the big vice special and they laid an egg. Like they Court, did. to his credit, tried to kind of reinvent what wrestling TV was a little bit. And I thought the vice special was interesting. But I also said I didn't think they, they hit a home run with their first episode and they've trended down since, but not terribly. Right. They yeah. found a, a much higher level than I thought they were going to. But it looks like it doesn't matter. Ironically enough, from the company that they had sued for, you know, from not trying to monopolize the industry like yeah and you know know what in this case there's not a damn thing they could do about it because the deal deal exists yeah well and and it's like you know mlw can't really add this to their lawsuit they might try but i don't think they can because this was that this was their cable hub and the cable hub is 
or the, the distributor is fulfilling the contractual obligations. And because they decided to sign a deal elsewhere um, where there is a, a already a contract in place, everything's legally binding. So this isn't really like WWE going out of their way to, to block MLW. This is just Reels and Peacock making a deal. And then the caveat is you can't bring that because of exclusivity with WWE because we're going to honor our contract over here. Um, now – if you put, uh, go, sorry, go ahead, JD. No, I was saying, I, I have a go. tinfoil hat moment. Go. Oh, I prefer, I prefer this. Please, tinfoil <laughs> hat me, sir. Okay, putting on the tinfoil hat. You know, in the in the fight game media Discord, somebody has a Carl Otis Winslow from Family Matters with a tinfoil hat um, um, emoji that you can use. So when someone says something outlandish, um, it's been used on me a couple times, believe it or not. But um, <laughs> I'm shocked to hear that. Shocked. What? What if? What if? ML or what if WWE um, saw that MLW was being added to reels and suggested that Peacock add reels to the platform just to screw with MLW. It's funny, but I don't, I think that's, no, that's, that's, that's too high up. Yeah. As I was saying it, it got dumber and dumber as the sentence was coming out of my mouth. I just don't think that's possible. I think, I think both deals were happening concurrently and one got signed before the other, not knowing that it would affect the other. Well, based, I mean, like I know Comcast and WWE, Vince McMahon specifically have a long-term agreement, but Mm -hmm. I don't think Comcast is at their beck and call based on the fact that Nick Khan went on CNBC and was talking about the sale and they're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. I hear Comcast isn't going to do that. Uh, yeah. More on that later. Yeah, more more on that later. Uh, well, you know, so, we'll, we'll put a ball. Go ahead, man. No, wait, no, let's not put a ball on this yet. Because what hap- What's the future for MLW? I know they say they're going to try to get on Amazon Prime, but I'm also going to try to buy a ten million dollar house next summer. Yeah, both probably aren't going to happen. So I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. what what's the future of MLW at this point? Like, where can they go? Well, I mean, where are they already? So uh, ML, so the thing about MLW, right? Underground was a new show recorded just for reels because it was like they knew they only had ten a ten week thing to ba- basic to try to parlay that into a longer deal, right? So they they knew they had ten weeks to get a new deal. Um, MLW Fusion is still on in BN, and I believe it's still on their YouTube channel. I'm not really sure, but I know that it's still on BN, and they're still recording MLW Fusion. And in fact, some parts of MLW Fusion spilled over to Underground to where you didn't really know which show you were watching and when. Well, it's because um, the so, MLW Fusion branding was all over Underground. Y- yes, yes, because I, I really think that they just didn't plan it out very well. Yeah, and it wasn't. It, it clearly wasn't very well thought out, but um, – so yeah, MLW Fusion is still on the air. In fact, I so I don't really have on-demand access to reels, and even with this Peacock deal, I still don't. So I was just unable to watch the last couple of episodes. So I went to a couple of my typical websites that I would go to if I could not watch live. Scumbag. Continue. And yeah, and um, MLW Fusion was on there, the latest Fusion, but not MLW Underground. So. Um, I, I, I don't know. So I think that they just get, you know, underground's dead and they go back to just doing fusion and doing what they were always doing. Um, look, I know, look, I, I wouldn't, I wasn't kidding whenever I posted on Twitter and in discord, like it ain't looking good for these guys. This is another big blow. They got this expensive lawsuit that they're bankrolling. And not only that, you know, the Von Erics are leaving. 
Um, Davy Richards is likely leaving here in a couple of months, and Davy Richards is probably the best guy that they got in the whole promotion oh, yeah. next to Fatu. Like in the ring, it's Davy Richards, but I think you know Fatu and Hammerstone are probably right there with him with star power. So um, you know, so what's left now? You got you got Enzo, you got Fatu, and you got Hammerstone. Right, Micro Hennigan's Man. not signed there. Microman, Hennigan's not signed there. Hennigan could end up anywhere he, he wants. He's doing celebrity boxing soon. So wh- who knows what's going on with that guy? So I don't know, man. It it really just isn't looking good for them. But I I just hope for the best. Um, I I still hold I still hold that. Um, my my idea is that MLW and Impact should just merge. That's what I think, and I, I've been thinking that for a while. You know, I kind of agree with you on this because I do think for what. <clears throat> I think the creative and I do think we're at a, we're at a point in impact. I mentioned before on the show where I don't think the company really knows what it wants to be all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, I think creative needs a refresh. And I think court Bauer could also use a refresh because he did do, like I said, 2019 MLW was a really good promotion. Like it was my it was. favorite rest. It was my favorite wrestling show in 2019. So I know he can produce good wrestling TV. I think if he didn't have to worry about everything, he might be in a better place. So I wouldn't yep. I would I wouldn't mind seeing if Scott turned the keys of the kingdom over to Court Bauer for a little bit, you know, a la Jerry Lawler, Jeff or Jerry Lawler, Jerry Jarrett when they Great comparison. Yeah, because that for people who don't know, in the Memphis territory, Lawler and um uh, Jarrett would switch off booking duties every believe it was every six months. And then sometimes Bill Dundee would book and they would, they would bring in different bookers. People don't realize this in the territory era companies would just hire like Bill Watts would hire, you know, Buck Robley or, or Dundee mm-hmm. or Eddie Gilbert to, to book mid South. Right. So it's not crazy to have um, a new booking, a new booker or a new writer or something come in just to put a fresh coat of paint on a show. And I think that impact specifically could use a fresh coat of paint. I think maybe if court Bauer had access to this roster and maybe we could make some, make some deals and bring in Fatu or Hammerstone and, you know, maybe Matt Warner, maybe, maybe you can make something happen a little bit. Cause I think it would, it could benefit both companies because two struggling companies, I don't think helps the wrestling business in general. Yeah. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy prize, Priceline. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, same here. I think they're just cannibalizing their audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I created a fake war on Twitter um, that doesn't exist. I just kind of made it up. They weren't actually at war. People kept people kept reminding me on that that on Twitter, and I just kept pretending like the war exists just to just to tweak them, just to tweak them a little bit. But um, there 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 was no war, and honestly. 
Uh, MLW was outperforming impact in the ratings the last three weeks, two out of the last three weeks. Um, this week, who who knows what it's going to be like. But uh, it's a sad thing, man. I, I hope the best for MLW. I hope the best for the talent. And, um, yeah, man. Um, well, let's go ahead and get into Let's go ahead and get into impact, man. But before we do that, if uh, you want more of this type of content, head over to patreon.com slash fightgamemedia where uh, we will be doing the Mike and JD show right after this. And we, we got a bunch of topics to hit. We're going to talk about uh, Ring of Honor. JD was able to watch most of it or all of it? I watched all of it. He watched all of the show tonight. I mean, he watched four hours of wrestling tonight. So what a monster. But uh, JD watched all of uh, all of uh, our Ring of Honor. We got, I can't, we got some I can't do this every Thursday, man. I can't do it. No, <laughs> no. It's too much. But it, was a de- it was the debut. It was a special night. Um, we got, we got, uh, we're going to talk about Endeavor and WWE, Yui Mora, um, Vicky Guerrero, and some Scorpio Sky talk. So that's coming up on the Patreon. So stick around. Head to patreon.com slash fightgamemedia uh, for more premium content. And now let's get to let's get to impact, man. So on uh, BTI, the decay, crazy Steve and Black Tourist back teaming again, defeated Heath and Rhino. That's cool. I didn't watch it, but uh, yeah, they they defeated Heath and Rhino. Thank you, thank you for talking BTI with us, folks. Let's see, we're gonna we're gonna move forward off that pretty cool match we had with uh, with Trey and and Crazy Steve by uh, going right back to where we were. <laughs> well, they they got a they got a victory, so baby steps. <laughs> at least they won. Give them yeah, that. At least they, at least they won. And uh, you know, Rhino, Rhino, and uh, Rhino and Heath. You would think that Rhino and Heath would have won that, but uh, you know, something's going on there. Who knows? Could be contract time coming up. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um, but the show opens up with a uh, with the, a Bullet Club promo segment. Um, I like the Bullet Club, man. Uh, I think they need more practice on their promos. Uh, you know, they're they're doing good a job of being like cocky young heels, but they're baby faces here in Las Vegas. So they were kind of like a mixture of both. I felt like they were switching both baby face and heel in the same promo sometimes. But um, uh, it, I guess it just depends on where they were at, whether or not they would have been heel or baby, or if they're just being cocky young cocky young wrestlers but uh essentially they called out the the motor city machine guns and the motor city machine guns obliged them and uh they made a match for the main event of the show for the tag team titles so i'm gonna throw a counterpoint at you who who are the bullet club essentially inspired by the nwo let's talk about being baby face or heel on promos for a second. I mean like isn't that (laughs) pretty much isn't that pretty much what the nwo was you know yeah yeah, and I, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. No, I don't either. I mean, it's, I, 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 yeah, I like these guys. These guys go back and forth depending on the their opponents, essentially. Yeah, I think they kind of exist, and I think the Bullet Club in itself has kind of existed like that in this promotion specifically, as like a yeah. tweener faction, right? Yeah. I don't think having yep. tweeners is a bad thing necessarily, as long as everybody. It's very New Japan, right? And everyone in New Japan yeah. kind of does exist in somewhere in the gray, right? I don't think. I know some people like the clearly defined roles in professional wrestling. I think that can be a bit childish, to be honest with you. I think you can have characters with some moral ambiguity. You can have characters that are um, a little bit of shades of gray, not like, you know, everybody's a piece of shit, like you're watching Breaking Bad or something like that. But I mean, like, (laughs) you can have characters that kind of exist in the middle that can go both ways and feud baby faces and heels. And I think that because the Bullet Club, I mean, even though it's Bay and Austin here, they essentially represent a different company. So I think it... I think it can work. I'm okay. I'm okay with it. it. Didn't bother me. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like the opening segment. Um, I, I like that they're, they're making the match. Of course, we'll talk about the match later. And I, I felt like during, um, I felt like Alex Shelley's promo here was excellent. Yeah. He's such an underrated promo. Um, Always has he, been. He was, to me, he was the star of the show. In this opening, uh, in this opening segment, he really talked to me. Well, they were already in the building, but I felt like you know he was drawing people in with his promo. So, it uh, got me really interested in the main event more than, and I was already pretty interested. So, kudos, to Alex Shelley. Yeah, I think they did more to sell this main event to the viewing audience than they regularly do on their show. Because I think one thing Impact is not very good at is hyping, like yeah. hyping their TV show specifically. They'll do a decent job pushing the their people reviews and stuff and Impact Plus specials. But as far as getting you giving you a reason to watch a main event, they very rarely do that. And they ain't alone. I think most yeah. wrestling TV does a piss poor job of actually selling you on the show you're watching, which is one reason why we see ratings start everywhere. This is across the board. Every show starts out like this and it trends. I had to go the other way <clears> the camera. It trends down yeah. every show. Cause yeah. again, we don't sell the shows that we're watching. We think we've got the audience when ratings will tell you that's the exact opposite truth. They, they tick down as the shows go along. Do you think they hurt themselves by not announcing this main event ahead of time leading into the show and promoting it? I um, or I have this crazy I think it does, Mike. I have this crazy okay. theory that because in the Attitude Era, the shows were essentially organic in the sense that the narrative was built as the show went along. Mm-hmm. which was different than every other version of wrestling that had ever come before that. But because it was so successful in that year, it's 25 years now, too much of wrestling has been the same, where it feels like the show is evolving as it's going along. I'm of the mind that you should announce all this shit a week ahead of time and spend all week, hy- spend this show mm-hmm. hyping next week's show while paying off this week, the, the stuff you hyped last week. I don't yeah. think any wrestling show does that. I think it's a failure on every single show's part. And I think they should spend more time actually giving you a reason to come back. Wrestling shows are terrible. Just not ju- not just impact AEW, a wwe all of them do a really bad job of giving you a reason to come back next week yeah and i i think that um i think that had they promoted this match like if they hyped it up at no surrender and then just tweet about it and put youtube videos out about it i think that the the and i don't know what the rating is going to be the rating it like we might not find out what the rating is going to be for like it's, another week it's going to yeah, be in the it, same it, ballpark we always do there's no yeah yeah there's no difference. It's going to be like yeah. so anywhere they, between eighty to ninety-five, somewhere yeah. in that ballpark. Yeah, I, I think I think they maybe they break the hundred thousand barrier if uh, if they do promote the match. I mean, they they did a good job this week of promoting the matches that they have on for next week because they set some matches up this week for next week. Giselle Shaw and Mickey James mm-hmm. being one of them. But um, yeah, I don't know. We'll 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 see how it all shakes out. But I I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, Alex Shelley who did a great job. Yeah, great promo. Uh, very yeah. very since pop going back to paparazzi productions, man. He's always been yeah. he's always been. Um, underratedly charismatic and uh, a good promo. If you can get that guy under some paper for a long term, like he could be, like I don't want to say the guy in Impact, but he could be a guy. You know what I mean? Like, yep. like I know he made a video with Josh at one point, but you just never know how long he's going to stick around. So it's really hard to make a commitment to him. You know? Yeah, because he's got his real job, his shoot job, if you will, brother. Uh, pays yeah. him well, and wrestling is, um, well, quite frankly, it's just a hobby thing for him right now, and it's. Yeah. You know, it's hard to one, it's hard to back guy like that, too. It's hard to be that guy when you're like, this is your hobby, and maybe you don't want to go all in with it, and maybe you're jaded and smart enough at this point to go, ah, you know, 
been here before. I'm not putting all my eggs in this basket. So it's um, yeah. it puts both at a bit of an impasse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shane Haste uh, from uh, TMDK. JD, what does TMDK stand for? The Mighty Don't Kneel. The Mighty Don't Kneel, yes, sir. Uh, they orig- they originated in Noah. Then the guys got signed to NXT, and now they're uh, they are doing their thing in uh, New Japan. With uh, Zack Saber Jr. took over for Noah as the leader, by the way. Zack Saber Jr. was on ROH tonight, so there was lots he of was. TM TMDK representation all over the place on Thursday. Night. I I really like this this whole you know New Japan AEW ROH Impact all kind of sharing the wrestling in- intermingling. Space. Yeah, it makes they wrestling need- more interesting. They need to bring in Noah, damn it. Hey, ROH, ROH did. Tonight? Oh, they had, yes, they they had, they had Thatcher. Thatcher. That's right. Yeah, Thatcher. Um, so he, he was uh, he was backstage talking about his upcoming match with Speedball Mike Bailey and his uh, match for the Multiverse United. He was doing kind of some crazy guy gimmick. I'm not. I, I've never seen him cut a promo before, so he kind of it threw me off a little bit. Was not expecting the crazy guy, uh, Shane Haste. Shane Haste. Okay. Shane Haste was he was the retribution guy, right? He was the last one to get released from WWE. I think, right? He was what was I, it, the Jigsaw or something like that? What was I'll take your word for it, bud. <laughs> he, he had one of those him and him and Dijak were the last guys that had the yeah. stupid fucking nicknames with retribution. So maybe it's his time in the WWE drove him crazy too. <laughs> could, could be hysterical Shane Haste. So uh <laughs> he, he was clearly playing a gimmick there. But uh, uh, so they go to commercial and they come back. Rich Swan is with Gia and he talks about his loss against Josh Alexander, but he was uh, getting ready to make another run at a title shot. And then Ross Shing and Shira roll, uh, walked up throwing some money around at the cameraman and the boom mic. Um, I got to say, Raj Singh did not um, did not play this part well. It was just totally contrived and not very good. It was like community theater, which is kind of what you typically get with these backstage segments. But anyway, Swan got mad, and then they're probably going to fight eventually. So there you go. I hate community theater and pro wrestling. We should stop doing it. Yeah. Um, but what was great about pro wrestling is two great pro wrestlers having a great pro wrestling match, which we got next. Speedball Mike Bailey uh, defeated Shane Hayes and... I gotta say, I I I'm not that familiar with Haste. I'll be honest. Um, Undercard New Japan gets skipped by me all the time. So because those shows are so damn long. So I and I didn't really watch him in NXT, and I couldn't give a shit about Retribution, and I missed out on his Noah days. So I'm not that familiar with him. He impressed the hell out of me. This was a great match, man. Yeah, I mean, like, the guy's been on forever, right? He's trained. Yeah. He's trained in the Noah Dojo. He come. He's he's like the pioneers of like you know, good Australian indies, right? Yeah. Like those guys were on the forefront of that. You tell me you didn't watch much TM six one in NXT, Mike. No, no, I didn't. No, yeah, I, didn't so I did. I did see them, but I was just like, I wasn't impressed by them. I think they got watered down. They had literally no charisma and the matches just weren't like, I heard these badass guys from Noah coming in. And in my head, like if you're from Noah, you're like a bad motherfucker is what I thought anyway. And then they came in and they were just like, guys, it was like Ted DiBiase Jr. And Cody Rhodes. So the performance, Scott's listening, the performance center doesn't serve everybody well. Like I do think that sometimes they water people down and try to, fit them into what they think it is, what they think things should be. And it doesn't like this TM TMDK since coming to new Japan has been much, much better than anything they were in WWE. So, and Shane Hayes is talented. He was the, I think I'm pretty sure he was the one that hung on the longest. So, you know, he sat under quite a few learning trees. 
you know, we had to learn, had to learn where the hard cam was so we could find it now. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He did a good job of that tonight. Yeah. Got to find that hard cam. What did we do without it? So, yeah. yeah. Did you read that? Uh, did you read that one dork on Twitter? I think he works for the ringer. I know Garrett likes all those ringer guys who said that if uh, Kenny Omega does go to, to uh, WWE, he has to go to NXT so he can sit under Shawn Michaels learning tree. To catch he that? wasn't being, he wasn't being serious. Was he? Oh no, he was, he was dead serious. Uh, and he still has a job, huh? Oh yeah, works for the Ringer. They're great, dude. They're phenomenal. How do we? How do we get one of those gigs where we can just be full of shit and just say and, randomly dumb things? And we say randomly dumb things all the time, and no yeah. one has rewarded us. But never like we got to go full, full yeah. complete idiot. And you, I just you got to go you know, full dangor, yeah. Full yeah. dang, I had it and I lost it. I came up with that and I didn't even think of it in the moment. <laughs> So mad at myself. Yeah. Hey, Ringer, if you're listening, I can say stupid shit. Pay me money, man. My PayPal is looking a little weak uh, the last couple months. But then we have to talk about a show we don't watch and and praise a show that neither of us really ever watch. I'll just read the the reports and say it's awesome. Um, So I've been trying to make it part of my routine on Tuesday mornings. Um, But this Tuesday, I got about 10 minutes into it, and my kid woke up super early. And so next thing you know, I'm not watching Raw. But I did get to see uh, Cody Rhodes and uh, Chad Gable, so I liked that match. And I, I like I like the MVP Brock Lesnar stuff. I thought that was funny. I get random texts from Muse telling me yeah. about what's going on in Raw, so I don't have to watch. John tells me everything and what's right <laughs> and what's wrong. It's better than yeah. watching the show. I get I get Hulu and um, Spotify for five dollars total. So I just have I just have Hulu. Why and pay so for Spotify? What's that? Why do you pay for Spotify? Uh, just commercial free music. Oh, okay. And and I it was a bundle deal, five dollars total. So it was just like yeah, and I was like okay, that's cool. So I get both Hulu and Spotify with my um, with my school ID. So hey, I bought I bought Honor Club this month. I have no idea to talk about anybody. (laughs) Yeah, so I get to watch Raw, and then I get to download uh, music off of Spotify. Oh, all the songs I want, I can watch it, and then uh, there's they're commercial free. And not only that, my playlists are unlimited. Um, that I don't, I'm not limited on the playlist like I was before. So um, I I kind of dig that. It helps with my work. Outs, so yeah. I let the I'll let the algorithm tell me what to listen to. It knows me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the design were backstage, and Angels was trying to convince Diener that Callahan was trying to infiltrate the design. Rhino walked up and said he wasn't going to let the design mess with Callahan's head. When does too late? Since when does Rhino give a fuck about Callahan? All right, then Callahan walked up and said he wasn't being manipulated. He knew exactly what he was doing. Which is foreshadowing for Cat when Callahan eventually turns on the design. Anyway, this sucked. Yeah, longest, um, most boring. I just hate everything <laughs> about this story. Yeah, so there, there and I, we will we'll let the dynamite guys talk about dynamite. But there's a storyline going on on dynamite, and people are like, "What? That? Why? Are you, it's it's Orange Cassidy and uh, Danhausen, right?" And yeah. so, like, people are saying, "Oh, the, you know, that's a random team." And then, like, there's people that are that are just on Twitter and in the Discord. They want to fight to the death to explain to people that this isn't just random. Like this has been building for months and months and months. And I was just like, it's kind of like a joke, right? If you have to explain the joke time and time again, chances are it's not working out that well. (laughs) So I was like, like, yeah, it's a story. It's definitely a story. It makes storyline sense. That doesn't mean that everybody has to like the fucking thing. And that's how I feel about the design. I don't really like it, but it's a story. So there you go. I like Danhausen. I don't yeah, like the design. Fun. 
Yeah, he, Danhausen's funny, and Dan Orange Cassidy's good. Yeah, uh, sure. Kenny Kenny King defeated Kevin Knight in another really good match. I I dug this. Kenny King's doing great. Yeah, when did Kenny King get good? Like Kenny King was always a guy. Who, maybe it's I don't know what it is. Like maybe yeah. Kevin Knight can I don't know. Like the last couple of weeks I've been watching Kenny King. Like when did Kenny King like get pretty good? Like he always was kind of yeah. like the other guy in the ring. Like he mm-hmm. was the other guy in the All Night Express. He's been the other guy in everything his whole career, and all of a sudden he's like figured it out. Like. I don't know. I've appreciated him the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he's he's been doing great, man. His he match is. with Speedball, obviously, and then uh, his match with the Rich Swan, I think, uh, last week or the week before. Yeah, Kenny King's kicking ass, man. To be fair, he's been in the ring with Rich Swan, Speedball, and Kevin Knight. So, I mean, like... <laughs> yeah, but Ke- working Kevin good guys. Knight, Kevin Knight's good guys. Shibata trained, Ke- my man. Shibata trained. He train. is, but he's still, he's still a bit green, right? He's uh, a bit. But he's still a bit... so. Kenny King was probably the veteran calling that match, I would say, just to give him that respect. But I, I look, I, I made fun of Kenny King for a long time. Me too. And the guy's impressive. So I'm just going to give the guy his credit. Mm-hmm. I don't care who he's working. The guy has had several good matches in a row. I think it's time to start respecting Kenny King. No argument. He's been good the last couple of weeks. So I'm shocked. Shocked as anyone to say this. This this fucking night kid is impressive, dude. He's that, got one of the best drop kicks I've ever seen in my life. That dude, like this... The New Japan American class, when these guys like get like really settled in, like they're gonna be special. Like these guys that really came up during um the LA Dojo, like during the pandemic. Like yeah. I know uh oh god, what are, what's Frederick's name now in NXT? Eddie Thorpe, because he's Thorpe, Native yeah. American, so we had a name after Jim Thorpe because we think our audience is really dumb. Because that's most of their audience doesn't know who Jim Thorpe is. Yeah, you're right. I gave them far too much credit, <laughs> but they do. But they do. They know. Oh, you're a, you're a native. You're an Indian. We're gonna name you after Jim Thorpe because that's <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what they do. You're right. You're right. They're dumb. But yeah, <laughs> I think that uh, old Carl kind of bailed before he really he, he got frustrated a little too soon before we really got to see how good he really was. Like mm. he had flashes of greatness, and now you're starting to see it from all these guys. Like they're really good. Like really, yeah. really good. Yeah, they are. They are, man. And I think Kushida's like the head guy there now. I think uh, Shibata's moving on. But um, I think Shibata's um, going back to work, to be honest with you. Uh, He's working in Ring of Honor. That's what I hear. Yeah, he's going like he's getting back into the swing of things. Man almost died, man. Man's brain almost broke. Credit. Let the man live. Um, (laughs) And then we had uh, highlights from uh, New Japan Battle in the Valley. With a Kushida getting the win in a tag match against Josh Alexander, so they're building the match with Alexander at um, at Multiverse United, Smart. Uh, where Kushida, yeah, Kushida held on the hammerlock a little bit too long. Um, then Alexander then challenged Hoverboard Time Machine. lock, sir. Use the proper Hoverboard terminology. Lock. Sorry, lock. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to read the recap at the same time. <laughs> then Alexander then challenged a Time Machine, Kushida, Shelley, and Saban to a six man tag with two partners. He hasn't found yet. Uh, Macklin walked up and said he wanted Alexander to retain the title because he wanted to beat the greatest Impact champion of all time. So I, I like this whole segment. I thought all this was pretty good. I don't know about that one. I like Josh a lot too, but I don't know. Do we we claim the TNA lineage, right? And the uh, the old NWA part at least part of the old NWA lineage, right? I don't know. Yeah, but I think they're just calling him that because he's held it the longest. That you know, mm. I, I think that's just what they're going for, and he has the best star ratings. But as far as the greatest, mm. to me, it's still Kurt Angle because mm. I just felt like as champion, he drove the company more. Like Sting never really held the title for all that long. Right. Um, Jeff held it. 
Jeff was like the original great champion of the company. But um, when Sting came in, he was kind of overshadowed. And then when Kurt came in, everybody was overshadowed because Kurt was not only a big star, he could work his fucking ass off. And he was having great matches and he was uh, doing well on television. So. And they never and they never booked AJ to be the guy, even when he was the champion no. multiple times. Maybe yeah. he is the greatest champion. I mean, it's Angle. The answer I, is Angle. My my opinion has always been Angle is the greatest star in TNA history. That that's that's always going to be my thing. I, I think Sting got them was like the most like the original like yeah, but, star. Sting got them on the toy shelves. But Sting's I think a Kurt Angle brought them on. Right. Yeah. Well, and Kurt Angle was a WWE guy, but yeah, I, I'm just true. saying. Like it doesn't matter where they came from. They spent a lot of time in TNA and they, they drove did. a lot of business for TNA. So I, I I give Sting credit for being a big star in WCW and TNA and now sure. AEW, right? Um <clears throat> but yeah, challenge so he's gonna have a two uh two partners, so we'll see how that works out. Uh Dango, Marilla, and uh, Dr. Ross Foreman, our buddy, uh they're backstage and they explained that Tommy Dreamer was fine uh, with minor burns and retina damage. So JD um, they played the recap uh, at No Surrender. Uh, Bubba Ray Dudley, th- Bully Ray, threw <laughs> hot coffee in Dreamer's eye and talked about his dead mom. I don't, I don't know what the hell. This shit. Um, the whole, this the shit whole thing was stuff. the whole thing was stupid. See, uh, Bully- when MJF comes out, people have a smile on their face, but when Bully Ray comes out, nobody's happy. And impact ratings reflect that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what did it, what did Nonzo say in our chat? He goes, what? yeah, it's because they usually change the channel when you come out. Bully. I forget so, who said that, but I laughed Nonzo, really hard. Yeah. It was Nonzo. It was a good one. Yeah. I laughed hard. Yeah. Because it's um, true. But <laughs> Bully walked up and threatened the doctor calling, uh, after calling Santino, Santino Salmonella. Uh, then Bupinder Gujar walked up, shoved Bully Ray against the wall. Bully Ray backed off and then uh, slapped the piss out of uh, Bupinder Gujar. And then the security broke it up. So it looks like we're going to get that match again. So there you go. Um, cool. <laughs> moving cool. on. Cool. Mickey James, Mickey James came out and addressed Jordan Grace wanting to fight for the title again. Uh, Giselle Shaw came out and accused James of ducking the real number one contender. Uh, long story short, Gail Kim eventually showed up and then made them a title match between Shaw and Mickey James next week. Although they didn't really say that in the ring, Tom Hannafin explained to us that it was happening next week. Sounds like, uh, sounds like old Gail Kim might have forgot her line there by saying next week, but Hannafin cleared it up later in the show. That's what a good announcer does. This is the advantage of taping your shows ahead of time. So when you yeah. catch yourself with a mistake, you can fix that. Oftentimes yeah. we don't do that around here, so good on that. <laughs> yeah, uh, Brian Myers was backstage trying to convince a truck driver to become a podcaster. The driver, dude, I missed this whole segment. I'm I'm reading this and like I don't. Oh, you didn't miss happening. much. This was stupid. I, and I went, of course, the truck driver can have a podcast. I have a podcast. Why not? Every yeah, idiot what? can have a podcast. <laughs> Moose walked up and said he wanted to help Myers win the digital title and embarrass and humiliate Joe Hendry. So I guess they're planning something. So there you go, man. Um, it's Moose man. Yeah, Jordan Grace walked up to say Tito Morella destroying the crime scene. Dango was trying to establish after the Ray Gujar incident <sighs> and said she was going to challenge the winner of James and Shaw next week. So, all right. All right. Let's pick it up. Let's pick it up a notch here, JD. Let's pick it up a notch. This was great. Johnny Swinger. Oh, I was, <laughs> was like, that put- was terrible. What are you talking about? <laughs> was, being pushed in, was being pushed in his little ring by Zicky Dice. He ruined the crime scene again. Um, and then he ended up calling Santino San Martino, and that made me spit out my water. 
Yeah, I like him. <laughs> See, he's the only guy who should be allowed to do comedy on the show because he's the only one who's legitimately funny. The rest yeah. of the stuff is just bad until Swinger comes out, and he is actually funny. And it makes yeah. everybody else's attempts look even worse by comparison. Like, he's way funnier than uh, – what is it? God damn Santino. it. What's the name? Santino, thank you. <laughs> I almost Martino. did a Seminole thing too. Um, it makes him it, – it really shines light on just how not as funny that guy is. Right. Yeah. Like swing. Why? Why isn't Swinger the director? I mean, because he couldn't take him seriously. He was the director of authority. But I mean, like, I don't know. I can't take San Martino seriously. San Martino. God damn it. <laughs> Santino. The show has ruined me. Uh, PCO defeated Trey Miguel via DQ. Um, so funny story. So my wife was taking an exam and I and I got off work a little bit late. So I was watching Impact at home tonight. I just watched it in the living room with my kid because I'm like, I got to introduce this kid to wrestling eventually. I've showed her some stuff, the Royal Rumble. The first match she ever saw was um, actually Mark Briscoe versus Jay Lethal from a few weeks ago. Nice. Like that was the first match she'd ever saw. So, so, you know, I was like, okay, well, I was like, honey, we're, we're she's watching wrestling with me tonight because I got to watch the show. And she had like a little tablet. She's playing games on it. And PCO comes out and she goes, dad, this is too scary for little kids. So I had to actually fast forward the entrance and then I was like, is that okay, honey? She goes, yeah, that's fine now. Thank you. <laughs> like, How okay. old is she now? Four. four. Four, like four and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Four is when Andy started watching me and paying attention. Now he jumps off the top because we have a lofted bed for him and he yeah. goes off the top bro. But he jumps on me from there. You know, yeah. he has, he has his own luchador mask that my mother-in-law sewed for him. So <laughs> that's, that's cool. eventually you'll ruin her the way I've ruined my son. So. <laughs> yeah. She, she'll like, I'll just be sitting on the couch and she'll get behind me and she goes wrestle time and she'll push her feet up against my back and like try to push me off the couch. And then I'll just be sitting on the floor and then she'll just do a big body splash off of the thing. Uh, and then one time I was laying down so she could jump on me thinking she was going to do a splash. But nope, sure enough, she foot. does the Finn Balor double yep. foot stomp right to my chest. Kids my love that one. They <laughs> love the coup de gras. Andy does the and, same thing. Yeah. That move, uh, not fake. That hurts no, a lot. Actually, can, can <laughs> confirm feet to the chest does hurt. I've got Andy suckered now that he will work out. Like he'll do his push-ups and squats and stuff like that and get because we're trying to get stronger. If yeah. we do pro wrestling matches afterwards. So we have to do the full entrance. Yeah. Like I have to play music on the Alexa and he has to come down with his mask and robe on. He is such a little showman at this point. Like I said, <laughs> I've, I've destroyed yeah. my son. He is not yeah. going to function like a normal person now, but at least I get to watch wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. That works out. But uh, not only was uh, my daughter terrified of PCO, Trey Miguel was terrified of PCO. Uh, PCO threw him all over the ring. Miguel hit it with a backbreaker for PCO on the floor. PCO tried to hit a cannonball to the floor. But Miguel rolled out of the way and PCO crashed to the floor hard. PCO sat up in the ring with a massive pop-up powerbomb. And as uh, PCO is getting ready to finish the match, Eddie Edwards comes out with the shovel. Um, PCO no-sold it and then hit a cannonball to the outside onto Edwards and a choke slam. And then a bunch of security tried to break it all up. And then PCO ends up getting on the top rope and hitting a moonsault onto the floor, onto security. I love this whole thing. I love PCO. He's my favorite. <laughs> He's an absolute madman. The guy's <laughs> knocking on the door of 60. Yeah. You know, um, my take from this match was Trey Miguel is pretty good at playing a chicken shit heel. <laughs> yes, because part of me at first good. was part of it was like, you just went through Monsters Ball. Why are you afraid? I mean, like, you just did this. Why are we afraid? Yeah. And but I'm like, you know what? He's actually really good at doing this stuff. But it adds, whoa, Mike just destroyed his podcast setup. 
Talk amongst yourselves. I will I will discuss this while you're fixing it. You probably should hit mute so we can't hear you doing this. But anyways, um, yeah, Trey McHale is actually really good at doing the chicken shit heel thing. Like, for a long time, he was a kind of a beloved baby face, and uh, it had gotten a little stale. And I was, I don't know, I the, the, at the beginning of this heel turn, I was kind of like, what, he's just going to do NWO stuff and spray paint? Because, you know, we've seen that before. We see it on the other channel, too, and it's not so great over there either. But this new added dimension of him being this cowardly chicken shit heel is really working well for him. Like he does it pretty good. So I'm in favor of this. I want to, I want to keep seeing Trey against these monster characters because it's working and it adds a different dynamic to X division stuff, right? If Trey just runs away from monsters all the time, that's different than we normally get in X division. Yeah. And I, I honestly, up until the disqualification, I thought the match was pretty good. Yeah, it was. I actually thought they worked well together. Uh, you know, and probably kudos to Trey Miguel for being able to work around PCO, but I thought it looked great. PCO is a good worker, man. Like, and he knows he knows his limitations. He he's always had good matches. Like in the nineties, he was the good Quebecer. Like Jacques Rougeau was pretty much spent by the time they put that tag team together, and PCO carried that team. Right, and he yeah. even when he was a stupid pirate, he had good matches. Yeah, man, I, there was a um, on the Bret Hart DVD. Um, there was a match with Bret Hart and Jean Pierre Lafitte uh, over Bret Hart's jacket. That was just a, it I was just a, like an just an excellent, excellent pro wrestling match, man. That I think like um, young wrestlers should go back and watch, Mike, to, to learn. I agree with you, by the way. But I want to talk. Everyone talks about the WWE, how they tell stories. We make movies. You just said it was over. Peace for the reminder. For people who didn't watch wrestling in 1995, which by the way was the worst <laughs> year in professional wrestling across yes. the board. Everywhere but all Japan was trash. That feud started because PCO being a pim being a pirate stole Bret Hart's jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Insert clip of Vince McMahon saying, "We make movies." Yeah. He's Match a pirate, good, though. Damn it. He's, he's a, a pirate, pirate, damn it. He should steal stuff. He wears a patch because he's actually <laughs> blind. So you have more patch. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, New Japan on Access was advertised next. And then we saw the impact debut of Mercedes Monet um, as she. Oh, uh, technically, okay. Yeah. <laughs> technically. Yeah. It looked like they did have some exclusive footage here, but uh, um, or maybe I just didn't see it before, but I, I thought this was really well done. It and I, I, I get the feeling that this New Japan on Access show is going to do really, really well, especially with young people, because they've been advertising the hell out of it all week. Um, here, here's the thing about Access and, and, and Impact and this whole relationship with New Japan. Impact will advertise the hell out of New Japan to get that rating up, even if it means beating their own TV show, because it's like, who cares, right? They're all helping each other out. They're all on the same team. So I, I kind of do dig that. And I know some people are like, New Japan will probably beat Impact this week on the 18 to 49 demo rating. And people are going to think that's an own of Impact, but Impact like are directly involved in getting that rating because they were promoting the shit out of it. And Sasha was on their show or Mercedes on their show to promote it. I think everybody wins in that scenario. Yeah, no argument whatsoever. She is yeah. money. She is money. That's for damn sure. Uh, our YouTube clicks say say that she is money. Um, maybe I'll get some more money out of those things. I don't know. Um, Bullet Club, Ace Austin and Chris Bay defeated uh, the Motor City Machine Guns in a goddamn great main event match. Um, I love this match. Crowd heat was really good for this match, by the way. 
Um, Austin and Bay are, are huge stars here, specifically Bay because he's the local guy to mm-hmm. to Las Vegas. He um, he trained at FSW, and he, I think he still trains there. And um, he does local indies here all the time, or there all the time in Las Vegas. Um, too much happened in this match for me to do a recap of it, but I just I just really really like the match. Great near falls. A lot of great near falls. Alex Shelley was tremendous, but I thought everybody worked well in this match. Yeah, no argument whatsoever. It's, it's some really good wrestling. Like, the in the ring, nine times out of ten, has been really good lately. It's yeah. everything that happens outside the ring that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, but I, you know, I think that we had what we had three really good matches, and then we had another mm-hmm. good match that was starting to be a good match, and then ended in DQ. And I, but the the segment after that I was. Hated. I don't hate it. No, no. I think I think that I think that's one of the most overplayed things. Like, oh, a DQ. Uh, like, I, I think a DQ finish can work, pretty, especially on TV when you're building towards yeah. something else. Like, I think it was fine. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I it actually made sense, right? Because yeah, it did. Yeah, PCS programmed with Eddie. Eddie and Trey Miguel had a little bit of an issue at No Surrender, but his main issue is with Eddie Edwards, and hopefully we get that paid off at the sacrifice coming up at the at the next uh, show. Um, but overall, man, I, I actually really liked the show. Like, I think the bad in the show was just short. So it didn't, I don't think it bogged down the show way too much. Um, the, some of the campy segments that we had in the backstage area, but, uh, for the most part, man, I really, really dug this. I thought it opened and closed with really good matches. Kenny King and, um, Kevin Knight had a really good match. And of course, Trey and PCO, um, and then the cold brawl with PCO and Eddie Edwards and all the security guy, man. I, I, uh, I dug, I dug this. I think they're on a little bit of a roll here with their weekly episodes. I tell you this week's episode and last week's episode were actually better than, um, no surrender. I will say that. Very happy no I didn't surrender. spend money on that, to be honest with you. You know what? So you're. If you already subscribe to Impact Plus, I would say watching Rich Swan versus Josh Alexander would be worth your watch, um, especially you know, especially if you're not being bogged down by the rest of the stuff. And then of course, Speedballing versus Jonathan Gresham, and then uh, the Bullet Club versus Time Machines. Those those three matches were, I think, uh, were worth everybody's time. Everything else was just kind of there. It was either like okay or it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. You good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I would right, disagree. Hey, I agree. Yeah. 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 All right, guys. Uh, head over to patreon.com slash fight game media uh, for more of this premium content. We're going to kick off the uh, Mike and JD show portion of, of your Patreon experience. All right. Free feed YouTube. We'll check you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.